Rise above the din, unbox the news with me, Raghav Behel. Uh, the Shiv Sena, NCP and uh, Congress coalition in Maharashtra, you know, I, it, it's perhaps the what I would call the second most unthinkable uh, political alliance in India. And that's uh, next only to what I would call the most incompatible BJP-PDP coalition in Jammu and Kashmir. And, and all of us know how uh, that uh, ended with quite uh, devastating consequences. So, what are the lessons from this most unusual 80-hour-long Maharashtra political fiasco? One, uh, and this is for uh, President Ramnath uh, Kovind. Unfortunately, uh, his constitutional obligations, uh, what can I say, they, they've been highly compromised. He should uh, recall the folly of uh, former President Fakhruddin Ali Ahmed on the intervening night of June 25th and the 26th, 1975 when Mrs. Indira Gandhi's proclamation of emergency was signed without any cabinet advice. As a young uh, political activist then, I'm sure Ramnath Kovind must have joined his, uh, his leaders in sort of condemning, brutally almost condemning that constitutional travesty. Now, now the baton is with him. He must uh, never allow such a dangerous breach of due process ever again. Number two, and this is for Governor Bhagat Singh Koshyari. It's quite sad because uh, his conduct was, again, dubiously partisan. He almost seemed to be acting on the orders, instructions, orders of his erstwhile political masters. He too must recall the condemnation, the condemnation uh, that was heaped on former Governor Bhuta Singh. Remember? Uh, who whimsically dismissed Bihar's elected assembly in 2005. Uh, and that happened simply because Lalu Prasad Yadav, uh, who was then, uh, you know, quite an influential minister in the UPA government uh, at the centre at that time, he, simply because he wanted it so. Again, I'm sure uh, Koshyari must have railed against that politically obnoxious uh, action. Perhaps he should now take moral responsibility for what happened in Maharashtra and resign. And that, I think, will uh, go some distance in restoring the sanctity uh, of his office. Now let's look at lesson number three, and this is uh, for the BJP and uh, Prime Minister Modi. Uh, from here on, uh, I believe the Modi government must give supreme precedence to democratic institutions and conventions. You know, uh, it's often said almost uh, frivolously that politics is uh, the art of the possible. I, I concede that, but that, that cannot degenerate into, you know, only ends matter and however questionable the means, uh, we will achieve uh, the ends that we want to. It's not the same. You know, if anything, a, a graceful acceptance of laws is quite an asset. It, it, it actually enhances, it does not diminish, it enhances one's political stature. And by the way, uh, tweeting, tweeting can be injurious to health. You know what? Look at what happened. A, a, a very, uh, very usually a very circumspect Prime Minister Modi, uh, in my assessment, made what I call a flamboyant political error when he tweeted within minutes of that early morning coup. Within minutes, he tweeted uh, congratulating Devendra Fadnavis and Ajit Pawar. Now, uh, you know, uh, his alacrity virtually made him the architect of this operation in public perception. I must, I, I, I'll be honest, I was, um, I was quite surprised that, you know, a consummate, 
someone with legendary patience, a legendarily patient uh, Prime Minister was so keen to put his signature at such a premature, at such a at such an uncertain stage of the takeover. Okay, now for lesson number four. Uh, and this is for uh, the Congress and Mrs. Sonia Gandhi. Most battles are won or lost, you know where? In the mind. Uh, but see how the Congress, uh, which you know seemed to have given up even before the campaign began, is now in government in Maharashtra. It's a government in a state where it actually almost gave up uh, the campaign uh, even before it started. And not just in Maharashtra, it's also in office in four other powerful states of Northwest and Central India. And this is largely thanks to the now, what I would say, the never-say-die spirit of its own uh, veterans, uh, some of whom are also partially estranged uh, from the Congress. So, the twin lessons for Congress are, uh, are quite obvious. One, they must pick up the gauntlet and fight hard against the BJP, which, uh, as has been shown now several times, is, is very powerful, but it's not invincible. And of course, the second lesson is that they should reach out to the very formidable clutch of you know, ex-colleagues of the Congress who have created uh, what I would call fortresses. They've created these fortresses against uh, the powerful ruling regime. Uh, and these people range from Sharad Pawar to Mamta Banerjee to the Yadavs to Naidu. And you know, the need is uh, for the Congress to now forge a sustained rainbow coalition. I mean, they must, they must engage, they must communicate, uh, they must trust. Uh, trust is very important uh, and they must create these mechanisms you know mechanism mechanisms are very important to give this a very near permanent edifice it can't be an episodic thing it should be a near permanent edifice this uh, sort of uh, alliance uh, and of course uh, the, the, the the critical thing would be for the congress to also empower its own uh, political heavyweights uh, it's very important for the congress to not allow this momentum to flag and finally lesson number five and this one is for Sharad Pawar. You know, I think it's a it's a grand and it's a it's not quite fully evolved yet. It's a it's an as yet evolving autumn uh, for the patriarch. He uh, has emerged in uh, in in my book as the Bhishma Pitama. You know, the wisest uh, statesman from uh, Mahabharat, uh, the Bhishma Pitama of opposition politics. Uh, look at look at what he did. Uh, uh, he insisted on Uddhav Thakre leading a five-year government. Uh, and that sort of proved that he did not let his ego come in the way. So the, he showed that how an ego is perhaps the most dispensable item for a successful leader. He uh, also persuaded uh, the Congress to join the government. No uh, outside support business. Join the government. And that uh, ended up... Uh, uh, or, or uh, at least has created the potential for maximizing the coalition's uh, stability. He also wooed back Ajit Pawar, you know, his, his errant, uh, his errant nephew, his errant uh, political progeny. And that sort of showed uh, the power of reconciliation, the power of restraint. Uh, these two uh, qualities are very important when you need to win rearguard uh, uh, battles. Also, uh, all, of, uh, all through this, uh, Sharad Pawar was resolute. I never saw him getting angry. He was resolute, not angry. In fact, uh, uh, I would uh, now uh, wager that he made the uh, fairly enviable transition. Not too many people are able to make it. The enviable transition from, you know, popularly called a master uh, strategist, but now uh, uh, transiting on to becoming uh, a political statesman. Uh, his challenge uh, is now crystal clear. 
he could become the fulcrum the fulcrum of a combined opposition to take on the powerful modi led bjp so that so that whatever the outcome in 2024 whoever wins that's not important whatever the outcome in uh, 2024 india must end up with a more balanced uh, a more fair and a more um, a more equitable democracy thanks for listening tune in next week for another episode of raghav's take